Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And the Bible says, And then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes, they murmured, saying, This man receives sinners, and he eats with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness, and he go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends, neighbors, saying, Come unto them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Now may the Lord add his blessing upon the reading of God's word. And let all God's people say praise the Lord. And you be seated. This parable is definitely known as the parable of the lost sheep. I would like to put just a little bit of a spin on this parable, and I'd like for you to look at it in a different set of eyes, if you will. I want us to look at this as the parable of a persistent shepherd. A persistent shepherd. Because, brothers and sisters, that's exactly what we have. We have a shepherd that never gave up on us, that never quits, never leaves us, nor will he ever leave us or forsake us. I've broken this chap, these few verses into three different categories, if you will. I want to break the first part of it down into the search, and then we're going to look at the capture. And then we'll look at the homecoming. If you look at the first two passages of the first two verses of this chapter, you'll find the setting of the the chapter. You'll find there that there was publicans and sinners that drew near to hear him. Publicans were those who were hated by the Jewish nation because they were hired by Romans to collect taxes from their own people. So they were hated. And then you have those that was classified as sinners. Sinners was those that was outside of the laws of Moses. They were lawbreakers, if you will. So this dejected, rejected class of people, public and sinners, they drew nigh to him and to hear him. And then you have those of the religious group. We have the, uh, the Pharisees, the scribes. They murmured, oh. You see what he's doing? He has publicans. He has sinners. They draw near to him. In other words, he was saying they cleave to him. They they flock to him. And ew, you know, he can't be a prophet of God or he'd know exactly what these people are. That's the setting of this particular verses that we're going to bring this morning. And then the search. 
Verse 4 tells us about a search that is to take place. Verse 4 tells us, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? And after that, which is, and he goes after that which is lost and he seeks. I want you to note, he seeks until he finds it. Doesn't quit. He seeks it until he finds it. And then the third part is the salvation part of this text. I want us to first look at verses, uh, the search, if you will. The search, and I want to break it down for you just a little bit as we look at these passages of Scripture. And may the Lord open your hearts and minds and show you this morning that you, too, were considered a sheep. You, too, were at one time sought by our Savior. You, too, was in the same condition that this sheep is in or was in when the Savior found it. So this morning, may the Lord open our hearts and our minds and cause us to be receptive to His Word. And may we look into ourselves and say, no, Brother Frank's not talking to me. He's talking to someone else in the room. Maybe, maybe the Holy Spirit of God may be just speaking to you. So let it apply to you this morning. I want us to look first and foremost at the search. At the search. Our Lord said he, He's going to speak a parable. That's a, if you will, a earthly, uh, if you will, it's an it's a earthly example of something that takes place in heaven. Parable. So He's going to bring it down to our level and our understanding of this blessed example that he tells us about here of this shepherd, this determined shepherd and this lost sheep. The search. We find first in this passage of Scripture that I want you to note the determination, the determination of this shepherd. I want you to note here that this shepherd's eyes are fixed. He's focused. He's, he's on a mission. He's lost one of his precious sheep. Now the Bible tells us here that this shepherd considered this sheep so precious because it was lost. He knew that the 90 and 9 that was left there in the fold in the safe pasture area, that's where he left them. Under a kind, watchful eye, he knew that those were safe and secure, but this shepherd in his determination and his compassion for that one lost sheep, his eyes are fixed, his heart is set. He knows where he's going, and he knows what he has to do. His thoughts, there's going to be no distraction to this shepherd's thoughts. I've got to find my sheep. Why? Because it's his. They belong to him. And he's going to keep searching till he finds it. The Bible says he searches until he finds it. I want you to let that soak in for just a few moments this morning. That he searches. He doesn't give up. He keeps on knocking, pursuing, looking for that sheep until he finds it. In his thoughts, as I said, there's no direction, 
No distraction here. He goes after that lost sheep until he finds it. There's no anger. You know, like some of us do sometimes when we lose something. The first thing we do is we get a little bit testy. Well, what did I do with it? What did you do with it? The first thing I want to do is I want to blame Teresa. Well, you put it up somewhere, and I don't know where you put it. That's not the case here with the good shepherd. As he's looking for his lost sheep, he's not angry. His compassion is moving his heart toward finding that sheep. There's no anger there. The wandering sheep, though it cost him dearly. Get the picture here. In this particular time, sheep was very costly. They were very expensive. And that shepherd would get such a relationship with that sheep as he dwelt with those sheep out in the pasture ground in the high plains area. The Bible says that he had called each one of his sheep by name. And they would listen to him. John's Gospel chapter 10 tells us, My sheep know me. They hear my voice. They follow me. But you know what? There's some characteristics about sheep that fit us very well. I think our Lord was very wise when he called us sheep because there's so many characteristics that sheep have that are similar to you and I. Sheep are prone to wander. You don't have to force them, coerce them, to make them wander away from the protection of the kind shepherd. It's their nature to do so. They're prone to do it. It's like your children. You don't have to force them or coerce them to do the wrong things. They do it naturally. It's because of the way we're made up. There I got. I know because I used to be your age. Now whether you believe it or not, I was unruly. I know that's hard for you to believe, but it was, it was true. Enough, Ronnie Hall. Not only are sheep prone to wander, they don't have any sense of direction. You see, this shepherd is so much acquainted with his sheep, and he knows so much about them, brother, that he knows that once that sheep gets away from him, it can't find its way home. You know, a sheep's not like a dog, that once it gets away, it'll find its way back. Sheep's not like that, Jimmy. A sheep just keeps going. It don't know how to find its way home. You know, it would be one thing if the sheep got out there and it got lost and it said, hey, I'm lost. I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to wait for the shepherd to find me. They don't do that. A sheep just keeps going further, further, further away. I told my Sunday school class this morning and it's this, it's this way exactly. It's this way exactly. I'm not a prophet, nor am I the son of a prophet, but I know, I can see, I've been in the ministry long enough that I can see when there's trouble brewing. You know, people will come into church, there'll be a ball of fire, you know, they'll be here every time the doors are open. You know, they're praying, they're reading their Bibles, they're studying, and all of a sudden they don't show up. Well, you don't think a whole lot about it. But then it won't be long that they'll be out two or three Sundays. We do the same thing, brother, with reading our Bibles. We get this little schedule together. You know, we're going to read our Bibles. We're going to do it every day. I'm going to do it. Well, we'll get up one morning late. 
ah, I'll catch up tomorrow, read twice as much tomorrow. Next day comes up, something else turns up, you don't read your Bible. Before you know it, there's dust on your Bible. Sheep wander, it's natural for them to do it, they do it progressively, they just keep on going. We can't find our way back, we have to wait for the good shepherd to find us. And I guarantee you, he's going to find you. You want to his. They're prone to wander. They don't have any sense of direction. They don't have any way to defend themselves. I've heard people in my, in my life and in my ministry stand up and make this statement. And I wouldn't do it for nothing in this world. They'll stand up and say, I'm ready, Satan. Come get me. I ain't no match for him. But my Savior is. My shepherd is. Sheep hadn't got no long tushes or claws that they can defend themselves, no. They only have security in the shepherd and in the flock. In the flock. You hear what I said? I get strength and protection from you. From being in, God, in the house with God's people. That's where sheep get strength. And we're not very smart. Sheep are known as some of the dumbest animals there is. I know, thank you. And I know what you're thinking. But sheep are some of the dumbest animals there are. There's a sheep. They'll follow one another. If they, if they don't, they'll, they'll run right off a hill. Right behind one another. Just like that. Sheep need to be led. Our good shepherd knows all that about us. And yet, he's not angry with you. He knows me at my very worst, Miss Opal, and he still accepts me. That's the love and compassion I have with him. No anger in his heart. He counts it as nothing. So that he can find us. He left the portals of glory. Listen to me. He left the portals of glory. The, the comforts of heaven. He left the presence of the Father. He didn't count it any cost. To come here to find us. That's the search. He comes and he searches. Until he finds you. There's no hesitation. There's no second thoughts. He doesn't concern himself with the weariness and the danger that he's going to face as he goes searching for that wandering sheep. Think about his track of life. Think about his rejection of the people. He came unto his own. His own received him not. But thanks be to God, those that received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to those who believe on his name. He didn't consider the weariness and the dangers he is going to face as he walked up Golgotha's hill with that cross upon his back, already whipped to where you couldn't beat, even see who he was. He walked up that hill with no second thoughts because he come searching for you. And he did it all for you.
That's the search. He searches till he finds you. He won't rest until he finds you. You may be here this morning and you may be saying, well, preacher, tell me this. How do I know that the shepherd's seeking me? Let me ask you this question. Let me ask you this question. I want you to answer it for me as sincerely as you can. Look up here at me. As sincerely as you can, I want you to answer this question. Do you have a desire? Do you have a desire, but not the ability to live for God? Do you have a desire? You say, I want to do what's right, but I can't. Listen to me. You've got to understand when you come to Christ, your hands are empty. You understand that I can't merit any worth or righteousness which He demands. My hands are empty. I'm totally dependent upon His righteousness. I put my hands, my heart, my everything into His work. You have a desire. Oh, I want to do right, preacher. I want to come to church. Well, good for you. Do you understand, though, that within your abilities, you don't have it? You have to come to Him just as you are, with nothing in your hands, claiming His worth. The Bible teaches me that He knew sin and became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Him. That's how you know. That's how you know. The capture. We've looked at the search. Now I want you to look with me at the capture. This is in verse number 5. He's left the 90 and 9, they're safe, and he goes after that one that's lost. Has the word lost sunk into your understanding what that actually means? Lost? That means you're in confusion, perhaps in strong delusion. You don't know which way to go, which way to turn. You're lost. But at the capture, look at what it says. When he hath found it. When he hath found it, he layeth it on his shoulders rejoicing. Note the shepherd when the sheep is at last within his grasp. He's there. His eyes are focused on him. His heart is set. His mind, there's my sheep. He holds us. Look at what it says. It says here that he lays it on his shoulder. He holds you. Now folks, if there's one thing in the Christian life that gives me confidence and, 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 and peace in my heart is to know that he holds me. And he's not going to let me go. When my young'uns were small, when they were kids, little things, we would cross the street 
And they'd want to hold on to my hand. Uh Uh-uh, I'm holding yours. I'm holding yours. That's what gives me peace and security to know that I'm just not holding his. He's holding mine. He holds us. He finds that sheep. He takes him. He holds him. He embraces him. And what does it say it does? He takes him up. He lays it on his shoulder. And he carries him. Did you catch that? That's what he does to you when he saves you. First he he pursues you. He looks for you. And he searches for you until he finds you. And after he finds you, he captures you. He holds you. He takes you up and he lays you on his shoulder. You know what that is? That's a transferal. You're not having to walk it anymore. You're not having to establish your own worth. You're not walking it anymore. No, he's picked you up and now his righteousness is transferred to you. He's carrying you and he'll carry you all the way home. He'll never let you down. That's what it means to be a Christian. It means as I walk this pilgrimage, I realize it's not me walking. It's Him carrying me. And brother, He'll carry me all the way home. All the way. He captures me. He holds me. He takes me. He places me in that place of communion and fellowship on His shoulders. And He bears me. He bears me up. He totes me. Not a whip. Not driving. No fuss. But a lift. But a lift. The burden's been shifted. My burden taken away. And it's been transferred to my shepherd. He's now carrying me. Believe it or not, right now, my shepherd is carrying me. He's carrying you. All the way. The distance he traveled. Think about it. The distance that shepherd traveled. He didn't, he didn't have a second thought about it. He said, I'm going to get him. I don't know where he's at at the present time. The shepherd said, I'm going to seek him till I find him. Or her till I find him. My Lord came all the way from glory. He was born in a manger. He could have been born in a king's house. But he came in a manger. In a feeding trough. He was wrapped in swaddling clothes. He, had, he could have had the finest robe that it was ever made but he was wrapped in swaddling clothes why? so that he'd be like me so that he'd be, become me because he had to become me to pay for my sins he stepped out of his deity although he was still perfect God he became perfect man he walked this earth some 33 and a half years doing good and working miracles He was crucified as a criminal. Put upon an old rugged cross. For the whole gazing world to see. And believe it or not folks. That's something. The only thing that the world sees today. 
is a crucified man. They don't see a risen Savior. He came that great distance. Why? Look in the mirror and you'll see one. For you and you and you. The shepherd must now bear the weary wanderer over the roads. You know, we think sometimes life is tough, and, and it is. But he's bearing you. He's carrying you all the way. I like that uh, little picture that they have out sometime about the man and the tracks in the sand. And then when things got rough, there was only one set of tracks. Remember that? And the Lord told him, he says, son, I never left you. I carried you. And that's what he does. He carries us all the way home. After he's captured us, he carries us. Then I want you to note that the shepherd rejoices. He rejoices. He found his lost sheep. Did you know that the Lord Jesus Christ rejoices every time someone comes to know him in a saving way? Whenever someone, he, he finds his sheep and that sheep professes, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, there's rejoicing. Not only does the Savior rejoice, the sheep rejoice. You remember when you were born again? You remember when the Lord saved you? How you felt? How good you felt inside? You wanted to rejoice? You wanted the world to know about it? You wanted to tell everybody you knew, hey, I just got saved? And people would look at you like you was crazy. Okay, well, good. What does that mean? Salvation brings rejoicing on the part of the Savior and of the sheep. It's something to rejoice about. He says, I found my lost sheep. Come now, gather together and rejoice with me. And then the homecoming. Not only, not only does our Lord seek us until he finds us. He captures us and he bears us up. He places us on his shoulder and he carries us. Where does he carry you? All the way home. Look at what it says. And when he cometh home, that's verse number six. He calls together his friends and his neighbors and saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. There's a great homecoming, brothers and sisters. You know what home is to the Lord? Heaven. You know what home is to the sheep? Heaven. He's going to carry you all the way home. He'll never put you down. He'll never leave you. This is a great, persistent, loving Savior that we have to do with. One that seeks us, finds us, takes us home. I want to know this morning this question. And it's, it's a simple question. Do you have a desire within your heart? A desire within your heart to find righteousness with God. To 
find that elusive thing of saying, hey, I, I feel like I'm at that point where I can be right with God. Well, let me give you some news. You're never going to find it in and of yourself. You're never going to find that point of where, hey, I think God will accept me right here. It's never going to happen. The only time that you'll have that perfect peace of righteousness is when you cling to His. When you cling to His. The great shepherd is searching for his sheep still today. In this time of grace in which we live, he's still searching and looking for his sheep. You may be here today and you may be one of those lost sheep that he's searching for. You may say, well, preacher, I just dropped by here just thought I'd visit. Well, let me give you an, a little uh, information here. Uh, you're not here by accident. You're here on purpose. It may be the purpose of hearing this message or one of Brother Todd's messages, but you're here for a purpose. Do you feel the Spirit of God this morning knocking at your heart's door, telling you that there's something that just isn't right? Uh, oh, I'm, I, well, let, let me tell you this, preacher. I'm a church member. I, I've been a member of Powell's Chapel Baptist Church 40 years. I don't care. I don't care. I want to know if you've got a personal one-on-one -on -one relationship with the Savior. Satan don't care if you're a member of Powell's Chapel Baptist Church. What he don't want is for you to be having a relationship with Jesus. That's what he don't want. The Savior is searching. What about you? Jared, come this morning. I'd like for you to stand with me this morning. As Jared gives us a song of invitation. I want to know this morning. Because the Bible says that there is rejoicing in, in, in heaven over one sinner that needeth repentance. Then of 90 and 9 that don't need any at all. I want to know this morning, is there going to be rejoicing in heaven? today. Is there someone here this morning that said, brother, I want to tell you something. I'm religious. I am. I'm a good person. That, that, that's great. But I don't know Jesus Christ. I don't know him as Lord and Savior. Well, this is your opportunity. In just a few moments, we're going to have a song of invitation. And if you're here today and you feel that the Lord is seeking you, that you're one of those lost sheep, come let us pray with you. Come let us show you. I can't save you. Nobody in this building can save you. But we'll be glad to pray with you and instruct you and show you the one who can. What about it today? There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of heaven as they look on in amazement at the grace that's been extended in salvation today. Jesus come all the way from glory that he might find his lost sheep. 